right? Is it going fast for any of you? <laughs> Amen. <laughs> you know, our family, we, I can't call it a, a specific tradition, but, but at some point during the year, we make sure we go out and look at all the Christmas lights. We really enjoy just driving around and finding the, the Christmas lights. When we were in Oakdale, we found a place in Turlock, which was about a half an hour south of Oakdale. And they had, um, I forget what they called it, candy, candy cane? That was in Monterey. There was a, but there was a, a couple of blocks that actually made the news. And they had they put so much work. Uh, all the neighbors, most of the neighbors, got together and just decided that they would be the neighborhood where all the lights were at. And uh, some of the houses had you know fifty thousand lights on them and moving things and music and um, choreographed. One of the houses was was choreographed to music, and the song would play in different parts. Of the house would light. It was it was just amazing. And people from you know a hundred miles would drive and drive through the area of of these houses and and just it was amazing how many people were in fact there was there was a line of cars to get in to drive through the neighborhood that was about three blocks long and uh so but we we would do that every year we just enjoyed looking at the lights and and we we do it up here and fortunately there's they're scattered around a little too far up here to find any any good clumps but uh you know there's a great great place right over by Denny's house over here, and um, I'm not even sure what street it would be, but uh, it's Denny's not here this morning. Is she, anyways, they've got trains, and and they just you know so drive around in the in the area to the right of State Lane where all the nice houses are up there, and you'll probably find it. But you know, it's just something we we really like doing, and there's something about the lights. And we were just at Sea uh not Sea the Zoo, a couple nights ago, and they had jungle all the way. Um. And <laughs> They decorated it all in in Christmas lights and and it was it was nothing spectacular, but I enjoyed it and could take the bus around and look at the lights and the animals and i don 't know if they had any animals wearing the lights or not but um but you know before i didn 't want to do the tour until until it was dark you know you don't, don't want to go out too early and so we we waited and uh, it, it got dark and we enjoyed it. Then we did the Sky Tram and we were able to see the whole park with all the lights. And, and it's just, it was really enjoyable. And there's just something about this season. I want to read a scripture to you because there's a purpose here. It's Isaiah chapter 9. I think chapter 9 is still in my Bible. Isaiah chapter 9, verse 2, and then I'm going to read verses 6 and 7. And We're familiar with these verses. Um, but it says, The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwelt in the land of the shadow of death, upon them a light has shined. Skipping down to verse 6. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. The government will be upon his shoulder, and his name will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. Upon the throne of David and over his kingdom, to order it and establish it with judgment and justice, 
from that time forward, even forever. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. Father, we are so grateful for this time to get together. We thank you for your word. Your word gives life. Lord, we thank you for Jesus who came to be a light in the world. Pray that you would touch our hearts, our minds today. Lord, help us to know your presence. Help us to know your light. God, let us be changed. Grow closer to you. In Jesus' name, amen. It says that the people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. The song we sang in, in worship today, Light of the World. You step down into darkness is so true. Jesus came down into a really dark time, much like today. There's darkness in the world, and Jesus was sent down in, in a time in, in Jewish history that was very dark for them. Rome had come in and, and had taken over, and the, the, the king of the Jews at the time, Herod the Great, wasn't even Jewish. He was a proselyte, and he was a horrible man at the time that Jesus came into the world. He was known for killing his own family. He was an, an awful tyrant. Rome would be bringing in more and more strength and they would begin to have the censuses where they wanted to, to exact money and the taxes that we, we read in the time of Jesus that the tax collectors became such a hated race because they lined up with the Roman government to collect taxes from the Jews to pay to Rome. It was, it was a bad time. And the Jews wanted a king. They wanted their own king back on the throne. Rome was a very immoral nation. The leadership in Rome was, was horrid. If you read the history of what the leaders and the Caesars and were doing, it was a dark time. And God chose that time to send Jesus into the world to be a light in the darkness. And that's this morning what we're, I want to talk about is Jesus is the light. And he's the light in our darkness. And he wants to come and bring life and light to us. This morning, I woke up at about 4 a.m. Didn't desire to wake up quite that early. But uh, woke up and and we just laid in bed and would pray. And I, I might have dozed off a couple, couple times just for a moment or two and woke back up. But I began to see the... Long before the sunrise, the sunrise wasn't until like 6.49 or something officially this morning. But long before that, I watched as, as it began to get just a little bit brighter and brighter. And, and it took a long time. It, it really started kind of getting, I, I noticed the difference around 5 a.m. just seemed like it was starting to get that twilight and the sun finally came. And, you know, it's... It's a wonderful time when the sun comes up. It's peaceful. But the, the sunrise brings wonderful things with it. Light, as it comes into our life, as it comes into the world, brings with it amazing things. I'm reminded of October of 1977. Uh, if any of you were any of you living up here in October of 77, are we the only ones left? Just a few. Wow. Um, for those of you, you, you might might remember that in, in uh, you wouldn't, of course, remember the exact month because it didn't mean anything to you. But in October of 1977, four boys climbed up and over the into the mountains and were lost overnight. And it was uh, about 30 degrees, and all of San Bernardino Sheriff's Department and everybody was out looking for them. 
all night long. They were found safely the next day. I was one of those boys. And um, it was, uh, it was my uh, two brothers and another gentleman, Keith Watson. And we had gone for a, a hike uh, up, to the, up to the top of Skyline Drive, which we did all the time when we, we moved up here in May of that year. And we would go up to Skyline Drive. Now, I was only um, six, by the way. Uh, Gary was not. He came looking for us later. It was Pat, Jay, myself, and Keith. And um, I was uh, turning seven like a month later, but I was six years old. And we walked to the top of Skyline Drive, and, and it just, you know, we knew that part of the mountain really well in between Night Avenue and Skyline. That was our play area. We got to Skyline, but we would look over, and we were all young. The oldest, Pat, was um, 12. And we would look over, and we could see shiny things down there. We finally figured out there might have been cars or motorhomes. So we thought maybe there was a city on the other side. So decided to hike to go see that, find that city. And uh, in October, it gets dark kind of early. So we hiked up to the top um, and went over. Some of the fun details, Pat had been a in a Boy Scout, so he always carried a backpack with blankets and matches and, you know, like, you know, different things. But because we were going so far, he didn't want to be weighed down. So we left everything at home and didn't bring any food either. Um, we brought four pieces of bologna <laughs> and a bag of stale potato chips. Anyways, we hiked up and over and, and went down, um, you know, through some, some abandoned, like, rivers and, and hiked quite, quite far. In fact, I believe I, I found it just a few months ago, pretty much the spot that we ended up at on Camp Radford Road, uh, right down real close to Seven Oaks. So we made it all the way down, but it took a long time to get there. So by the time we reached there, it was about three or so in the afternoon. And we knew that it was going to take five or so hours to get back up the hill and get over, and by then it would be dark. So we, we just hunkered down and, and made camp. Um, for the evening, and uh, um, you know, as as it got dark, we did we were able to make a fire, which I don't think we actually would have survived without the fire because it did get below 32 that night, and none of us had jackets either. Um, so imagine a couple 12-year-olds, a, a nine-year-old, and a six-year-old. Um, I mean, you know, just grab a couple of the kids around here, and that was us. And it was a long night. It was very cold. It was very scary. Um, it, it, we actually, you know, the old adage, if a tree falls in the forest and nobody's around to hear it, does it make a sound? Well, we were there and it, and it made a sound. Um, a tree fell over in the middle of the, or a big branch or a tree. I thought it was a tree. I was only six. It was probably a branch. Um, and then we heard an animal walking through the bushes right after that. We thought it was a bear to come and eat us. Um, it ended up being a, a raccoon. Um, but it was, it was a, a very long night. And... When the sun began to, to rise was such a joy. So much changed as the light, as the sun began to rise. Um, when light pervades the darkness, a few things, when the light begins to dawn, a, a few things happen. It dispels the darkness. Even early this morning, early on that October morning when the light began, long before you could ever see the sun, when the light the darkness began to fade away, if you will. When light shows up, darkness is exposed and begins to fade away. You know, darkness is hopelessness in our lives. You talk to people who are hopeless and they often say, I just, if it's a very dark time. It represents that there's no hope. You can't see anything but the darkness. 
Many of us have had those times. Perhaps you're going through one this morning. A dark time, a hopeless time. When the light comes in, it dispels that hopelessness. Darkness is also a type of despair. When you're hopeless, you, you get into despair where there's, there is nothing left. Jesus sent his light into the world and wants to send his light into our lives to dispel that darkness, to bring hope where there's hopelessness and, and life when there's despair. Light, light as it begins to come, it, it shows a future. And he says, well, what do you mean by that? When it's dark, you can't see anything. You have no vision. Your future is right here because you can't see anything else. But as the light begins to dawn, you're able to see your destination. You're able to see more outside of where you're just at. The light needs to come in to give us a vision. Give us hope that there's more than just darkness. You know, we think that we're safe in the light. And, and yet when the real light, when the sun comes into the situation is different. How many times do you remember as a kid or even as an adult when for whatever reason you're home and you're a little scared, having the light on helps, but as long as it's dark outside, there's still some fear. There's still some unknown until the light fully comes and the darkness is dispelled. That light begins to come and it, and it shows that there is a future. When we were lost in those mountains and the light came, we really knew that we were okay. There was a future. We could see and we were able to walk. And, and a few hours after we left our fire play, our, our area where we had the fire, we were found by a helicopter. We were walking up Camp Radford Road and, and they found us. But that light showed us that there was something more than the scary darkness. Darkness is full of fear and hopelessness. The light brings brings hope just the inkling just a little bit of of light begins to help us to say wait a second there's there is hope it's not fully revealed yet but those are the times in our our life that we just need just a a, a spot of light to just get some hope that that more will be revealed something about the light coming brings peace the worries begin to fade away, the fears, the hopelessness, and finally the peace begins to come. When Jesus came into the world, he came in to dispel the darkness, to show that there was a future, that he would give his people vision. He came in so that we would have hope. Not that the situation changed. In fact, the people in the time of Jesus, those who began to look toward him to be the king, some of them were disappointed because they were hoping that he would come in and fix their present situation, that he would come in and become the ruler and that they, he would become the, the rightful ruler of Israel and that they would maybe be able to get out from underneath the Roman rule. His coming in, in this time, there was... There was the Jewish-Roman wars that happened in the later, I believe, 60s and 70s. See, some of the people were looking for the, the wrong hope and the wrong peace as, as he came. But he came to bring hope. Hope that there was something different. came to bring a hope in our heart and he, and he, and he came to bring peace, but not civil peace. 
That's, that's not what he brought. In fact, when he came, he turned the world upside down and it wasn't long after his death that the, the Roman, the, the Jewish Roman wars did break out and they burned Jerusalem. That wasn't a good time. That wasn't a time of peace. And yet when we read the New Testament, we read the writings of Paul, he talks about the peace of God. Even as he was being tortured and imprisoned, some of the books that are written in the New Testament were right in the middle of the upheavals of, of Jerusalem burning. And yet they still talk about the peace of God that passes understanding. Jesus didn't come into the world to give you peace by, in your circumstances, but he came to give you peace in your life and in your heart. And when the light comes in, that's what begins to happen. Dispels the darkness. Shows that we have a future and a vision. He brings hope and he brings peace. Isaiah 2, if you're still in Isaiah, just go back a couple of chapters. In verse 5, it says, O house of Jacob, come and let us walk in the light of the Lord. You know, there's over 250 scriptures of light, the word light in the Bible. And the majority of them are connected to the light of God. Not just to various lights, but the majority of them are connected to God being the light. Old Testament and New Testament. He's our light. Come, let us walk in the light of the Lord. That's the admonition. And that's what God is calling us. Church, walk in the light. Don't walk in the darkness any longer. He's come. He's come into the world to be a light. Psalm 27, verse 1, it says, The Lord is my light and my salvation. He's come to be our peace bringer. He's come to bring us hope. He's come to dispel the darkness he's come to reveal the truth he's our light he's our salvation he wants to show us teach us live with us so how how is his light here he came into the world the bible says that he came and the entered the, the light entered into the world but we look in history and Yes, things drastically changed, but everyone didn't get saved. In fact, it was a slow progression of Christianity spreading. So his presence in the world didn't change everything or everybody's individual life. But what changes, what brings the change? Psalm 89.15, I believe is really the presence or the really the explanation of, of what his light is. Psalm 89.15 says, Blessed are those who have learned to acclaim you, who walk in the light of your presence, O Lord. The light of Jesus isn't just in the world so that everyone sees. The light of Jesus comes when you live in his presence personally. 
It's a choice that we have to make as whether we'll actually be in the presence of God. Now, we can, of course, say, well, he's present everywhere. The Bible says he's omnipresent. We know that he's everywhere all at once. Does that count? It doesn't. The presence of God is an individual reality. Walking in his presence in your life. And it's a choice. It's not something we just get to to do or be because we're Americans. We live in the world because we're even Christians. Because the term Christian is too loosely used today. The word Christian, when it was first developed, wasn't even a a good thing. It was, oh, they're those Christians, those little Christs. It was kind of a slam. And you didn't want to be referred to as a Christian unless you really were a Christian because you would be persecuted to be called a Christian. And that, that's kind of changing, and we may see more of that in our lifetime. But up until the recent past, if you were American, you were Christian. You know, you might have gone to church once. or but, but we were a Christian nation, and that was the overarching religious side here in the, in the States. So, so people were Christian. I've, I've talked to a number of people in the past, not as much today. So are you a Christian? Well, yeah. So what church do you go? Oh, I don't go to church. So when did you become a Christian? Well, I was born that way. Right? I mean, that's we've heard that. That type of Christian doesn't have the presence of God. That's not that's really not a, a Christian. But but what we know that word is the presence of God is a is a relationship. It's a personal relationship knowing him personally and intimately, spending time with him. And it says blessed are those who have learned to acclaim you who walk in the light of your presence. His light shines in his presence. Don't go to Psalms chapter 16. Finding scriptures was easy. Picking out scriptures was difficult. Because it's so obvious of how important his light and, and that they use the metaphor of light for him. It starts out, I'm going to just read a, read a couple of the, the passages out here. In verse 1 it says, Preserve me, O God, for in you I put my trust. O my soul, you have said to the Lord, you are my God. My goodness is nothing apart from you. Skipping down to uh, verse 9. Actually, I'm, to, I'm sorry, 8. I have set the Lord always before me, because he is at my right hand. I shall not be moved. There's the presence. He's in his presence. He's at my right hand. Verse 9, Therefore my heart is glad and my glory rejoices. My flesh also will rest in hope. For you will not leave my soul in Sheol, nor will you allow your Holy One to see corruption. Verse 11, You will show me the path of life. In your presence is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. There's a positional statement in your presence at your right hand. The right hand in the Bible signifies authority and relationship. When you would you give your right hand even in shaking hands and making agreement still to and for some of you 
Do you ever shake hands with your left? It feels so awkward. You're not supposed to do that. And you don't even know why. But because the right hand signifies fellowship, it's even ingrained in us today. The right hand is, is close relationship. At the right hand is a symbol of authority and power. So you're in relationship and power with the Lord. You're in fellowship. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. And it's not about receiving, but it's that relationship. And when you're in relationship with the Lord, there are pleasures forevermore. In your presence is fullness of joy. Our goal as Christians, as believers, should be to know the presence of God. Not just to do the things that Christians do. We get it so mixed up today. We find ourselves doing, doing, doing. And really, God is calling us to be. You know that old saying, God created us as human beings, not human doings. Yet it's so easy to fall into the doing category. And and we we come and line ourselves up with the Christian faith. And so we then have these questions. Well, what should I do? What should I do? Instead of how should I be? And it, and it needs to come out of a relationship. What's wonderful about a relationship is when you have relationship, the do's will come after the bees. You know, you, you, you just begin to spend time with the Lord and, and you begin to do naturally the things that he desires you to do. You begin to not do the things naturally that he doesn't desire for you to do. And it, and it really is, it becomes so much easier. But when we try to do first, it's difficult. Many of us have spent years trying to do for the Lord. And it's empty. He wants, in his presence, his fullness of joy. It's that relationship. He's looking to be a light personally in your life and in my life. And though he came into the world, obviously many people aren't seeing that light personally. There's a, a dark, dark time that we're living in and, and it's getting darker. For us, it's very strange for many people around the world, it's business as usual. But we've, maybe we're spoiled in a bad way, living in a country that had so much religious freedom that was inherently Christian because we haven't understood what persecution was and we haven't understood the richness of a personal relationship. We've taken it for granted. And now it's beginning to slip away. Even in things that, that I, don't, I don't want to get too wrapped up in, but when a Christian who happens to be an actor gets interviewed and makes statements about his, his belief system, and talking about Duck Dynasty... And I didn't, I, I'm looking still for the transcript of the article. I, I didn't find it yet, so I, I'm semi-hesitant in case he did say something that was wrong. But everything I could see, all he said was that he, he believed that, that homosexuality was a sin and that homosexuals who, who live in that lifestyle, who haven't repented, will, will go to hell. And because of that, he's 
let go of his position. He's not acting. And we can't even stand up for our beliefs in this country. It's changing. But maybe that will be a good thing. Maybe that will be a good thing for us because we can really not take our Christianity for granted. Time's coming and it's already upon us that we need His presence for fullness of joy. We've tried to do it on our own. We've bought it. And it lasted for a time. But that's going away. He wants to show His light. He wants to show His path for, for a, a, our life. And that's in a relationship and His presence active in our life. Thinking of the book of John... John had this idea. Throughout John and the God, and first, second, third John, he uses the terminology of, of Jesus being the light. Let's go to the book of John. John chapter 1. We know the, the first verse very well, and we know this, this first section. It says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through Him, and without Him, nothing was made that was made. In Him was life, and the life was the light of men. Verse 5 says, And the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it or understand it. Possible uh, translation is that, that it, it didn't, didn't receive, it didn't lay hold of it. And that's what happened when Jesus came into the world. He came as a light and the darkness didn't receive it. And that's what's happening still today. Jesus comes into our life, into the lives of those we love, and he's presented to other people. Maybe if in the question, do you know Jesus? And people don't understand. Even within the church, we find a lot of people that are still living in darkness, even though they say that they're a Christian and have had an experience with the Lord. The light wants to come in and bring light and expose the darkness, bring freedom, healing, hope, and life. And it's amazing that we, even as believers, because we all struggle in many ways, you know, it's struggling, isn't it easier to do in the darkness? <laughs> when do most people get drunk? Nighttime, you know. You know, by, the Bible says that we're supposed to be children of the day and not of the night. It's the representation. E e even the, the things that we like to do, we if if, if it's a sin, we we want to hide, want to do it discreetly. We don't want to do it in the light. But Jesus wants to come into our life and bring light, not just. Don't don't get me wrong and get focused in on this point of, you know, he's just coming to take away my fun or my sin. You know, he's come to forgive you of your sin, but he's come to bring light. 
you know, I know some people don't like to go into real bright settings because of shame. They don't like to go into well-lit rooms and if they go out to dinner, they, they, you know, if they're dressed up, they, they don't want to go into a bright setting because they're riddled with, with shame, whether it's because of the way they think they look or other things. Jesus wants to bring the light into your situation because there is no shame. He wants to bring healing. He doesn't want you to have regret and all of the things that the devil wants to put on you for your past. He wants to come and bring healing. He wants to bring the sin to light, but then he wants to say it's forgiven. Don't live in the darkness. Don't hide your life anymore. I've redeemed you. I've come to bring you life, hope, and peace. He wants to bring light. No more shame. That's an amazing thought to me. No more shame. No more darkness. Continue on in 1 John, verse 9. Talking about Jesus, he says, That was the true light which gives light to every man coming into the world. He's come to give light to every man. But not every man will receive it. Not every man will walk in the light, but he's come so that every man, and that's mankind, can have the light, can have life in him. You're not too far away from Him. You're not beyond His reaching. Your sin is not beyond forgiveness. Your past is not to be so shameful. It's to be redeemed and healed. He's come to bring light to every man. Too many of us, I believe, have secrets that we don't want anyone to know. Full of shame. Maybe it's even a present habit. Jesus wants to bring healing to that. Doesn't mean we have to share it with everyone. But He wants to remove the guilt and the shame. Bring healing. But we have a choice. Stay in the book of John. Go over just two chapters to chapter 3. See, we have a choice as to whether or not we're going to receive that light. If we're going to let the light come in and be light and overshadow our own darkness. In verse 19... And of course, John chapter 3 has got the famous verse. But just three verses past 16 and verse 19. The NIV says the verdict and in, in the King, New King James says this is the condemnation that the light has come into the world and men love darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. Goes on, it says, everyone practicing evil hates the light and does not come into the light, lest his deeds should be exposed. But he who does the truth comes to the light, that his deeds may be clearly seen, 
This is the verdict. This is the condemnation. The light has come, but men love darkness rather than light. There's a fear of letting go of darkness. I don't understand it, but I know it exists. The fear of letting go of the things that are holding you back, the things that are keeping you in your sin and in the dark, dark spots. And we love that darkness. But the light is coming. What will you do? Will you grasp onto the light and let the light come into every area of your life? Will you let the presence of God in? He doesn't just want to be a compartmentalized God. Sunday morning, Wednesday night, I go to coffee once a week with a Christian friend. That's, that's enough. He doesn't want to be compartmentalized. That's kind of like a flashlight. He wants to be the sun. Where it just lights everything up. The sun is so bright that on a cloudy day when you can't see the sun, you can't find... There's clouds that sometimes you can find the sun through it. You can see the little ball of light. But on some cloudy days, it's so cloudy, you can't fall, find the ball at all. Right? You know what I'm talking about? And yet, the light is still there. That's Jesus. When you can't see Him at all, when He's in your life, the light is still there. He is there. That's the kind of light He wants us to live in. Not just a small little portion of light i just i like my light remember we used to do a skit when we had our uh, the drama team and there was a it was scotty poskett who did such a great job he was the guy who didn't want the light and he just had his back turned and it was actually lance greer was the other guy who did it so good and he was just like wow you got to see this this light is amazing he said no i like it over here he says, no, you've got you've to see the light. This is, it's beautiful. It's amazing. And he said, I can see the reflection. That's good enough for me. Is that good enough for you? Turn around. Look into that light. Let his light, let his life invade your darkness and bring hope Peace, future, vision, healing. Embrace it. He wants to come in. Some of the way he's going to come in, it's going to be his direct presence, but he's also going to use believers. Because... Jesus himself said, you are the light of the world. First he said, I'm the light of the world. And then he says, you're the light of the world. So part of the light's going to be found in your life through the relationship you have with other believers as they bring light into your life, God's light. But that's no substitute for knowing God personally. See, for some... God's enough and I don't need anybody else. For others, godly people are enough and I don't need anything else. 
You know, God created both sides. He created us to live in relationship with others so that we could walk in light with other believers. But he also created us to have personal relationship with him through prayer, worship, and not just kneeling down at the side of your bed and doing your 15 minutes of devotional prayer in the morning or being part of a prayer chain, but living in relationship where at any moment in time you're just having a conversation with God about what's going on, asking His wisdom and guidance. It's, it's real. It's what He's desiring for us. What's holding you back? Everyone in here is different. And I believe all of us are holding on to one thing or another, one area. And the Lord, just, Lord will nudge you about yours. Some of you might have a, a whole bunch of them. Don't be overwhelmed. God's going to deal with you one at a time. He's going to say, you know, give me this. Ask me into your life. And then he's going to touch an area. And he'll ask for it. I'm so thankful he doesn't ask for everything at once. But you'll know. He'll touch that area. And maybe right now he's doing that. Will you open that door and let the light in? Father, in this Christmas season we spend a lot of time talking about baby Jesus and singing Christmas songs and buying gifts and Lord I love every one of those things but God help us not to miss the reason that you came to bring light to our lives and that light is life Lord, I pray this morning that you would touch each of us and draw us closer to you. Help us not to hide from the light, but help us be willing and open to letting you in and exposing the darkness, bringing hope and peace, comfort, and warmth, Lord Jesus. Lord, I pray that none of us would leave here unchanged and unchallenged to spend time with you and listen to you and get to know you afresh. Father, we are so grateful that the light came into the world. Help us not to love darkness, but to love light. We give you our hearts, our lives. We thank you for the greatest gift as we celebrate Christmas. We thank you for the greatest gift of Jesus. Help us to love one another. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Merry Christmas to everyone. Just one sec, Tom. Merry Christmas to everyone on Tuesday night, 5.30 and 6.30. We'll see you then, Tom.